This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Another and hellishly delayed episode of Pod Mania Rewind. Our not at all regular look back at some of the archived episodes of our four year run as a podcast. Well, it's Survivor Series time, the time where the two shows fight for brand supremacy, despite most having wrestled on the other show for a large portion of the year. To say that the attitude toward this year's show is flatter than AJ Styles' belief about the shape of the earth would be an understatement, but it could certainly be worse. You could have to sit through Survivor Series 2012 like me and Adam did back in the day, a show only notable for the delightful debut of the beturtle-necked members of The Shield and for a brief one-on-one between Brodus Clay and Lord Tenzai that might be one of the worst things I've ever seen. So, gather round the podcast audio platform of your choice and come back in time with us to a time where tout was deeply ingrained in the big dub psych and Dolph Ziggler was a legitimate main eventer. Enjoy. And I'm joined, as always, by Adam Youssef. How are you, Adam? I'm not bad, Rob. Thank you for having me again. No, not a problem, mate. Always a pleasure, always a pleasure. So today, we decided to review society... Survivor Survivor Series 2012, um, because obviously we've got Survivor Series coming up, and it is the debut of The Shield. Both things quite relevant in the current day product. Overall, Adam, what did you think of the show, man? Um, I thought the main body of it wasn't particularly entertaining. I thought I thought it was all right <laughs> in bits. I thought it really picked up towards the back end, so I thought the last couple of matches saved the night. Uh, yeah, I'm... Um, I'm with you wholeheartedly. I think it was at that time where WWE had a bit of an issue with kind of depth in their roster. So, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, NXT wasn't kind of really a, a prevalent thing then, was it? It was obviously it was on programming, but it wasn't as big as, as it is now. And you could really kind of feel that yeah. this card, I felt. So, no, I agree. Um, it's interesting to see a pay-per-view nowadays and a pay-per-view in 2012 where it seemed to be just let's get as many people as we can on the card. Mm. Um, I mean, especially the first five-on-five Survivor Series match. It just it didn't really kind of gel in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but um, start with the pre-show. I didn't watch it. I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know if you watched it. Uh, no, I'll be honest. I didn't know. So no. I don't know much I, about this. But <laughs> I saw highlights of it and I made notes. Right. And the only note that I made was that it was three-man band, if you remember them, Heath Slater, Jinder Mahal, our current champion, mm-hmm. and uh, Drew McIntyre, the current NXT champion, mm-hmm. uh, faced Team Cobra. Mm. Team Cobra. Have a guess who that was. Now, if I can remember correctly... Um, Team Cobra. Um, I feel like I should know it, 
But actually, no, no, go on, just remind me, who were they? It was Wasn't it Santino? Santino. Oh, there it we go. It was Santino. There we go. Yep. And Zack Ryder. There we go. Wow. So, poor Zack has been laboured with two terrible tag teams, Team Cobro and the High Bros. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, basically, uh, three-man band won. Absolutely nothing to kind of <laughs> mention about it, apart from Zack Ryder was all right in the match, looked pretty good, and then got pinned. So, that's it. However, moving on to the first match of the main card, we had our first of two five-on-five Survivor Series elimination matches. Uh, It was a complete who's who of people I'd forgotten were in the WWE at this time. (laughs) Um, We got Brodus Clay, accompanied by Cameron and Naomi as the Funkadactyls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyson Kidd, Justin Gabriel, Sin Cara and Rey Mysterio versus Lord Tenzai, Primo, Epico and the Primetime Players. <laughs> Lord Tenzai, my God. <laughs> oh, gee, I've got so many notes about Lord Tenzai. Um, Albert, A-Train, I, can't, I mean, what, what should we call Yeah, Prince Albert, don't forget Prince Albert. Oh yeah, that's it. It was, uh, oh, this was, this was a poor match. Um, I'm so happy that nowadays the WWE are putting far more emphasis on this pay-per-view yeah. and especially the five on five stipulation because I've watched Survivor Series from the past where it's just been a case of, oh crap, we've got Survivor Series match. We just need to fill it with people. Mm. And nowadays where it's like bragging rights, where you've got the two brands fighting against each other, it gives the match emphasis. It gives the match meaning, yeah, which is good. But here, as I've just said, this was garbage and pointless completely pointless yeah i mean just for the first name brodus clay i mean he was never anything in the wwe really was he at all no as he came down to the ring he was the first person down of the main card and i assume the idea behind that was to get the crowd pumped Mm. and nobody was interested at all they got to the ring him naomi and cameron were clapping and just just nothing nothing at all yeah um it it's a shame, really, because like you look at the the likes of Tyson Kidd, Justin Gabriel, mm. both of those men can wrestle. Yeah, they can. I mean, mm. I always really liked Justin Gabriel, even in the you know the original Nexus storyline. I always thought Justin Gabriel was the one to look out for, really. Mm. Um, you know, you had Rey Mysterio; he deserves so much more than being in this match. He really did. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, Sin Cara, I genuinely enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they did some cool spots. I mean, I think especially when um, Mysterio and Kara opened the ropes for Gabriel and Kid to do the suicide dive, I thought that was cool. Yeah. So there, there were the, there were the odd you know cool spots here and you know here and there with a bit of high energy, but I think ultimately, yeah, it, it was just a little bit flat, wasn't it? I, I think it was the way through. I think and, and you know when they had the battle of the behemoths when it was Tensai and and and, and Clay left in the ring. And obviously Tensai came out on top and then whatever momentum Tensai gained from that was just ruined when Gabriel kicked out of his senton and then beat him with a roll-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were really building Tensai yeah. as this massive dominant person who'd, you know, like run through the entire of Japan. Um, kind of ruined by the crowd's chance of Albert, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> um, and then JBL, uh, apparently Lord Tensai, did you know, is a legend in Japan. Yes. A legend. Yeah, he told us that a like, few times, didn't he? He did. I was like, is he, though? Yeah. Is he? Um, yeah, like you say, the only spot really of any note um, was the twin suicide dive. 
um, as Sin Cara and Mysterio stood and held the ropes open, then did two moonsaults onto the outside, which yeah. I thought was really cool. But then, as you stated before, that left Brodus Clay and Tenzai in the ring, who are apparently, and this this was my moment of the night, did you know that they are from the Crustaceous period? <laughs> not, the, not the Cretaceous. <laughs> Go back and listen to it, people. Michael Cole, oh, it might be JBL, one of them definitely states that these two are dinosaurs from the Crustaceous period. I did not you even know? notice that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. <laughs> I had to go back and listen to it again. I was like, I'm sure he's just said Crustaceous. I'm sure that's crabs. <laughs> Went back, yeah. And then, you know, as though that bit wasn't bad enough, it was followed by the most horrendously botched fisherman suplex. Oh, yeah. From Lotus Clay. God. Oh, that looked horrible. It did. He, att- he attempted to lift him up and like, just the weight of ten cycle, it just collapsed backwards, didn't he? It just landed on his chin, didn't he, I think? Pretty much. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. It was, yeah. Um, to cut a long story short, because this could be very, very, very long amount of eliminations, we'd just got Titus O'Neil, who annoys me massively in this, because he's just that Oh, oh, bit thing he used to do really wound me up. Um, but the baby faces won. Um, Darren Young was the only one left in the ring, and everyone performed their finisher on him before Mysterio pinned him after a dive. Yeah. Uh, no real momentum, nothing really to gain from this. Crowd was dead. It's it didn't set a good precedent for the pay per view, did it? No, no, not real. I think I think they were just trying to get a bit of a, a fast paced match to kick things off, but it just didn't really tick me. Obviously, click on the right notes, so. No, not at all. Not great. So, uh, second match, what did we have, Adam? Uh, it was a Divas Divas Championship match between Eve and Caitlin. Yep, and the wrestling did not get any better, did it? Um, no. It's a it's a long way to come to like the the women's wrestling of today. When you consider we've got Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Bailey, Becky Lynch, mm. and then you look at this, and this was five years ago. Yeah, it's not that long ago where divas matches were a lot of screaming, mm. a lot of slamming each other's head into the mat, mm. and then a random move, and that's all this was. And this was a championship match. Yeah, really, really highlights the difference these days, isn't it? Since the kind of the the women's revolution, if you like, you know, since yeah. that has really come around. I mean, when you watch anything kind of divas. Um, in and around that kind of time, you know, it just it, it really highlights the, the difference in talent as to what you've got now in comparison. It really does. I mean, there was two moves of any note whatsoever. Um, Caitlin performed a gut buster, uh, which Eve then kicked out of. Eve then tripped her up with, her a- with the apron, hit her with a neck breaker, which was quite nice mm-hmm. uh, for the victory. And that was it. Mm-hmm. It was longer than it should have been. I've not got the actual length of the match, but it went on far longer than it actually... Oh, hang on, no, I have. No, it was seven minutes, this match. Seven minutes. It was seven minutes. This was longer than the United States Championship match. Mm-hmm. Explain that to me. Because nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I can't actually remember much about Caitlin at all when I think about her. No, I can't. She just and she fizzling and out, didn't she? Yeah, apart from the fact that she had the most annoying and bland music yeah. of any woman wrestler I've ever heard. It was <laughs> awful. Yeah, she did. Yeah. It really was. It didn't exactly pump the crowd up, did it? No, no. Um, 
this match. However, did have promise. We're on to match three. Um, as you can tell by the fact that we're whipping through these matches, they, they are not ones to go back and watch mm-hmm. at all. Um, it wasn't a classic Survivor Series, let's put it that way. But we had a United States Championship match uh, between Antonio Cesaro, who was the current champion, versus R-Truth. Can you remember when R-Truth was relevant, Adam? Yeah, I do, for a very short time. Yeah, I remember when he debuted and everything. And uh, yeah, it was. I remember him as K-Quick as well. A long time ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. I remember him entering a Royal Rumble as K Quick, then yeah. disappearing because obviously he went to TNA. That was it. And then he came back. Um, we did a review actually on Capital Punishment where he was actually in the main event against John Cena. Oh. Wow. Um, and that was the year before this. This that was uh, I think it was June 2011. Yeah. So yeah, it's. It was interesting to see him in a title match, put it that way. Haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> no, and he didn't exactly fill me with, you know, confidence that he should be booked in any ever again, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um I mean Cesaro, you know, we've said before that he's a fantastic competitor, really, really good wrestler. Mm. It's just he was lumbered with the foreign heel gimmick, which anyone who's not from the United States seems to get lumbered with. Yeah, which I hate. He came down to the ring and saying, "What have you got to be thankful for?" You know, rocketing obesity levels, a failing economy, all of which were true. To be perfectly honest, he was a heel that made good points, (laughs) Um, which you know he got booed for, which was a shame. And then R Truth came down. Uh, We recap Raw, in which R Truth told the worst knock knock joke I've ever heard to kind of lay a challenge for Cesaro at Survivor Series. It was something like knock knock. Who's there? Yo. Yo who? Yo stepping in my face right now and I'm going to punch your teeth down your throat. Oh, God. I was like, are you being serious? <laughs> really? <laughs> to do lows there, I think, aren't they? Yeah, has that just happened? Um, I mean, that, it shouldn't have done, but that put a real dampener on it for me. Because mm. I was just, I hate our truth I really do. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for him in, today, you know, in today's product. Um, I've done an article on the website actually about the wrestlers that have had the worst 2017. I can't believe he's still there. there. I can't actually believe he's still on the roster as our truth. I thought it would. I mean, he had the whole golden truth with him and gold dust. That's probably the most relevant he's been in a while. But I, I can't believe he's last so long, it, mate. To be honest. Yeah, it's it's a shame, but mm. you know you need to push younger talent. Um, he proved in this match though he can perform in the ring. Very athletic. He did a running corkscrew, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but again, there was no. It seemed to be a really slow match. It lacked pace. It lacked direction. Yeah. And I was saying to you before we went on air that the finish was out of absolutely nowhere. Mm. Um, the finish. Uh, Cesaro hit him with the European uppercuts. Uh, hit Artruth with the neutralizer for the win. <laughs> but it it just it was so shocking. Came out of completely nowhere, mm. and the crowd weren't ready for the end of it. And uh, it didn't seem to go for very long at all. As I've said, it lasted less time than the terrible Divas match before that. Yeah, I don't think they were given enough time, to be honest with you. I think if they were maybe given a bit more time, then it may have been a slightly different story. Because Truth and Cesaro, I mean, you know, they're both solid workers, as you say. You know, but I just don't think they were given the platform to, to kind of shine here. But, no, you know, there we go. Here's what it is. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Um, just before we move on to the next match, we had uh, what can all be described as an absolute car crash of a segment uh, between AJ Lee and Vicky Guerrero. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. 
Wow. Yeah, I've I've made notes on it simply because it was possibly the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm. Um, a little bit of backstory. Basically, Vicky Guerrero, who is the um, kind of the the overseer of Raw, she used a really weird name for it. It wasn't commissioner and it wasn't general mal- manager. It was something else. Um, but she was attempting to frame AJ Lee for having an intimate relationship with John Cena. Mm. Uh, AJ Lee took offense to this, said that Vicky had kind of doctored the tapes and that she would provide evidence that Vicky wasn't all she claimed at Survivor Series. Why this needed to wait until one of the big four pay-per-views, the second longest running pay-per-view in WWE's history, I've got no idea, but good grief, this was awful. What we got were some horrendously photoshopped images of Vicky doing quite normal things with ex-wrestlers. Yeah, and Jim Ross and Jr. <laughs> <laughs> what was Which... that all about? I just, I could not, I just didn't get it. I just found it, it all just, just it, totally weird. It seemed to go so long as well. Yeah, it really did. Um, the only thing that I can say that even came close to rescuing the segment was that we get to, we got saw Tamina's debut. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty much the only thing she's done in the last five years. But we got to see Tamina's debut. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just oh, it was awful, wasn't it? Absolutely awful. It was. Um, so we went back to matches next. Thank God. What did we have, Adam? Uh, we had the World Heavyweight Championship match between Big Show and Sheamus. We did indeed. Mm. I am so glad that when Sheamus returned after WrestleMania 31, they turned him heel. Yeah, definitely. Straight away. Face Sheamus. Yeah, face Sheamus is the absolute worst isn't it boring totally boring there's just nothing to him (laughs) absolutely well they recapped um the feud that had been going before that and sheamus lost the title to the big show at extreme rules um the next night sheamus came out on raw said that you know even though he'd lost it was a really good match and um he'd learned a lot from it it's just that kind of stuff that people are like shut up Mm. shut up nobody cares yeah Anyway, they showed a bit more about Big Show beating up William Regal, to which Sheamus ran backstage with what can only be described as the worst run I've ever seen. Um, if you get a chance to watch this pay-per-view, the highlight is Sheamus's run. It's it's bizarre, <laughs> completely bizarre. Um, then there's some very PG-era insults, including Sheamus being labelled a red-headed ginger snap, which, wow, wow. It's hmm. it's certainly PG era, let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but moving on to the match, there was genuinely quite a big pop for Sheamus. Yeah, there was. There was, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, when his music hit. I mean, yeah. I had, I, to be honest, I had quite hopes, I had quite high hopes for it. I, I've yeah. Never, I never, I never really, really look forward to big show matches that much. Well, I do, I do more so these days, um, however long he's got left. But I think before at this time, when he was slightly bigger, I, I never really, you know, look forward to them. They're always sleep fests, you know. Um, and he was a boring champion. Let's let's be honest. I mean, he, he always is whenever he held the title. Um, but I, I thought this match. I mean, I thought it was. I think maybe one of the better matches on the card, but but certainly not, you know, as good as it could have been. No, I agree wholeheartedly. Now, I've put that to start with. It was a really hard hitting match. Um, there was a lot of spots. There was a spear from the Big Show, which looked really, really painful. Um, 
you know, everything, every move that was done seemed to have a reason and it seemed to have a point, which was really, really good. And then there came a massive lull in the middle of the match. Mm. A massive lull where nothing really seemed to happen. Yeah. Um, well, Big Show was in control for most of it, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he was targeting certain areas of Sheamus, you know, wrestling heel as he was as he was supposed to be in this match. Mm-hmm. Though, I think I think we saw a turn at the end of the match, but I'm not entirely sure because the end of the match I thought was a complete clusterfuck. Oh, it was a total mess. Yeah, yeah. I got so confused by the by the end. But anyway, we um, it was a nice move when Big Show attempted to go up top. Mm-hmm. Sheamus got him down into an electric chair. I mean, fair play to Sheamus. He lifted the Big Show several times, and that's no mean feat. The bloke weighs, you know, four hundred pounds. So, fair play to Sheamus. Reverses a choke slam into a white noise for a two count. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had the kind of transition into the end of the match, yeah. where Sheamus attempts a bro kick at the Big Show, and Big Show pulls the ref in front. Um. And then Seamus, in typical boring face Seamus way, at one point was checking his pulse, checking the pulse of the referee. Um, and then, you know, there was a load of refs that came to the ring. They were all tending to the referee. And then <laughs> Big Show hits Seamus with the KO punch. A new ref comes in, counts the three counts. Big Show wins and retains. Gets... Less than halfway up the ramp, a completely different referee goes to the timekeeper, says that's going to be thrown out for no reason at all. So then it turns out that Seamus wins by DQ and then Big Show gets really angry for why I've got no idea because he keeps his title, so who cares? I've never understood that. I've never understood No. <laughs> he's at, he's going insane at all of these referees, and yet he's keeping his title. And, exactly. I mean, the guy's a heel as well, right? So he should be walking out of there laughing. Exactly. So I just, yeah, it just made no no sense at all. And then Seamus, <laughs> clearly annoyed that he'd won the match, mm. um, hits Big Show with a chair and proceeds to absolutely batter this man yeah. with a chair and I've just I've just finished my notes off by saying what a face thing to do <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm not entirely sure because I don't know how this um, how this pay-per-view kind of played out in mm. um, the grand scheme of that year whether Seamus did turn heel I don't think he did I think no. he continued with his extremely boring face push mm. um, but it was it was a match like you say that had a lot of promise Um there was a lot of feet of strength from Seamus. Big Show actually moved a lot better than I thought he was going to. Mm. You know, considering at this point he was at quite a big size, wasn't he? He was. He was. Um, it's quite noticeable from how he is now. Yeah. Yeah, he's done really well, to be fair. I mean, he's putting on... I mean, I think the matches he's been having now, or recently, the best matches of his career. I agree. The matches against Braun Strowman have been absolutely fantastic. They've been, yeah, they've been incredible. When they did the superplex off the top and the ring collapse, I mean, that's another matter. But yeah, I mean, I totally yeah. think that, you know, Big Show is, yeah, I mean, he's definitely peaked in terms of his match performances over the past year or two, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's never been the most athletic ever, has he? Even when he was probably the slimmest he was, was when he was in WCW. Yeah, the giant. Um, and it. You know, but saying that he did do a moonsault. He can perform a moonsault. Yeah. And when he was going to the top, I was like, he's never going to moonsault on Seamus. He'll kill him. He's mad. Yeah, but 
that was that. Very, very confusing end to a match with a lot of promise. Um, so if we were to look at it just from there, the last two matches were good. Yeah. Were, I really enjoyed the second 5 on 5 elimination match. Mm. Um, and if they could have just built on the two matches at the end of the card, it would have been a good pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, I will say to everyone, by the way, if you hear random bangs from my end, it is the fireworks. I'll um, some as obviously, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are recording this on the 5th of November, <laughs> so obviously there are a lot of people out doing fireworks. I'm in here doing a wrestling podcast. <laughs> so the 5-on-5 five five Survivor Series elimination match was Alberto Del Rio, Damien Sandow, David Otunga, oh, black hole of charisma, Wade Barrett and Dolph Ziggler, who was team captain, against Mick Foley, Team Hell No, Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston, and The Miz. Um, really good match. Mm. Really good match. I enjoyed this. Definitely. Um, there was a little bit of a backstory to do with it. I know that Road Scholars had challenged Team Hell No for the tag titles because they were tag team champions at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was beef there. There was beef between The Miz and the rest of the other teams. He'd been kicked off that team, hadn't he? Yes. So he joined the other team. He joined McFoley's team. Uh, Alberto Del Rio and Randy Orton had been having a feud. Kofi Kingston had been feuding with someone over the IC title. I think it might have been Barrett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed the little stories that they had throughout that. Mm. Um, I thought that was really good. But what did you think of the match? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good, really good, high energy. I think it's it's amazing when you look at... I mean, th- those are the 10 you know, top stars in the WWE, I suppose, at the time. You know, bar you know, your John Cena's and your CM Punk's. I mean, yeah. if you were to say you look at the top 10 now compared to the top 10 that were then, you know, it's quite a difference, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was, do you know what? I was just going to say that. I was going to say what a sad state of affairs. Yeah. When you can, can say David Otunga is uh, one of the top stars in the company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, God, poor bloke. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I thought the match itself largely, you know, went as expected. But I thought it was, you know, very, very good, high pace, good energy, good action. I thought the, the elim- I thought the timing was just right as well. It didn't go on for too long. Um, I thought the eliminations were all pretty good. Some of them came out of nowhere, but I thought that was a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really complain about it too much. I thought, I thought it was good. No, I thought they booked Dolph Ziggler extremely strong, which yeah. you'd hope as he was the current Money in the Bank holder. Mm-hmm. Um, and was this the was this the Money in the Bank? Sorry, was this the Money in the Bank run that he, he cashed in the day after Mania? Was it that one? Um, two thousand. That would have been two thousand thirteen's Mania. So what would that have been? Yeah, that's um, right. Then that would have been yeah. twenty. Been twenty six. Twenty six, yeah, because that was that's that was so memorable. That one, that's when he did it against. The oh Rio, yeah, wasn't it? That was the biggest. They they booked him very very well. They yeah. Booked him very well. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed it because obviously the commentary team did a really good job of building Randy Orton and the fact that he net he you know he hadn't been eliminated in what was it been the Lone Survivor and something like three Survivor Series prior to that. Yeah. So you know, and once Ziggler was on his own with him, you'd think, ah, okay you know, Randy's going to win this, but Ziggler comes back, hits him with a super kick mm-hmm. as Randy attempts to make the punt, um, pins him, three count. But, you know, there was lots and little stories. Um, Sandow was eliminated first with a chokeslam from Kane. Uh, this caused Daniel Bryan to fight 
with Kane as per their gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, Ziggler then eliminated Kane after a super kick whilst those two were arguing. And just, I love that, the fact that all the stories between the competitors all linked into how they were got el- how they were eliminated. Yeah, definitely. And my MVP, apart from Dolph Ziggler, obviously, was The Miz. Mm. I thought Miz was booked really, really strongly. He was. Um, I, I forgot how well they were booking him at this point. Yeah. So I watched it again. Yeah, I mean, looking at Miz's gimmick now, and you know how he's, you know, basically chicken shit heel, mm. that's his gimmick. Mm. It's weird to think that he was in a tag team and that he was tag team champion yeah. with uh, John Morrison. Mm. So to see him in a tag team is still really strange, like working as a team with people. Yeah. Well, they they were, they were well, I think they were giving him a bit of a babyface push here, weren't they? He wasn't so much yeah. heel. Um, which even then is a bit strange because I think he's just such a good heel. Oh, it's, 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 he's fantastic. He's brilliant. So seeing him booked as a, as a babyface is, is, is very odd. It is. And I don't know. He just... Yeah, he's just built for being a heel. Mm. And uh, since they brought Maurice back as well, mm-hmm. it just it seems it's all like, yeah, he's just shot to the top. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another main event push. Because yeah. I don't think there's a person in the world who can say that he doesn't deserve it. Definitely. Um, Wade Barrett. Good grief, what happened to Wade Barrett? Um, mm. Lovely moment where JBL says there's a future world champion right there. Yeah. Slightly awkward. <laughs> Looking back on it now. Um <laughs> He's, he was he was always there or thereabouts, but he just he never seemed to crack that main. You know, after the Nexus fold, he never seemed to crack it, did he? No, no. I thought he would. I thought he would, especially yeah. the way he came in. You know, as leading the Nexus and how powerful they were, and I thought he did a great job with it. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I don't quite get what happened with him. And with, I mean, I know he got injured a couple of times and things like that, but. Yeah, I always thought he was talented, and I thought he did all right in this match. But it was, yeah, I mean, he, he, the, the booking didn't go to his favour. No, he eliminated Kofi with a ball hammer. Um, Kofi just seemed to be there as cannon fodder, really, as did David Otunga, who was eliminated via his own stupidity. Um, I thought Del Rio looked more into a WWE match than I've ever seen him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know they completely flunked his booking, you know, they made him world heavyweight champion, but his his run was boring and bland as so many reigns were at this time in the WWE's history. Um, He was never really... He had so much promise and just never really delivered, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame because he is... He has the ability, and he had the ability, he showed it in Lucha Underground, Mm. and then when he signed for the WWE, he seen some big coup, Mm. and then... You know, it was just a case of... I think it's his uh, mic work. It's his promo and mic work. It just doesn't click or connect with the WWE's demographic. It just doesn't no. quite work. Um, which is such a shame, because you get that with a lot of stars, I think, these days that are in the WWE. It's, I mean, Cesaro, classic example. Guy is such, so good in the ring. But when it comes to his mic work and actually connecting with that audience, he just doesn't quite have the charisma to do that. I think that's the same with Del Rio. Yeah. I think if you're the WWE and you've got a star like Del Rio, who has got his own announcer in Ricardo, yeah, either love Ricardo don't by the get... way, love that. Guy. Oh, <laughs> absolutely brilliant! I miss Ricardo. Bring him back. Don't bring Del Rio back. Just bring That's Ricardo it. back. Ricardo back in definitely. <laughs> did he enter the Royal Rumble one year? Didn't he? I think he did. Yeah, we're well remembered. <laughs> he got one of the biggest pops of the night. He did. Don't um, don't ask me which one it was. I can't remember. No, I can't remember. But it was it was a memorable moment. Yeah. Um. But like, 
either you improve his mic work or you don't get him to say anything at all and you get Ricardo to be his mouthpiece. Because Ricardo was fantastic. Mm. Um, I mean, he got the gimmick of I'm richer than you, which worked for someone like JBL. Yeah. You know, in 06, 07. So it, it's proved it can work. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, maybe maybe just wasn't the right fit. But again, he had so much promise and unfortunately just he never seemed to Never seen to make it. Yeah, it's a shame. But five on five elimination match, uh Team Foley. No, they didn't, sorry. Team Ziggler won. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to the main event. WWE Championship match. CM Punk versus Ryback versus John Cena. Um before we go into the match, Jesus Tout was crap, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it was. <laughs> For those unfamiliar with Tout, as I was up until uh, up until watching this, Tout was a platform where you could record a 15-second message um, and deliver it to the person, obviously in this case the WWE, and it was something that the WWE really wanted to push as they wanted to show that they were down with social media. And uh, it flopped quite stupendously. <laughs> and after seeing the three messages sent in, it's not hard to see why. Mm. Um, they asked who they'd like to see fight The Rock because thrust down our throats throughout the pay-per-view was that The Rock would be taking on the winner of this match for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble 2013. Mm. Um, the bloke who thought it was going to be Ryback, I had to turn my TV down yeah. because he just shouted, feed him more, for 12 of his 15 seconds. It was quite funny, though. <laughs> it was quite funny. Just really, really into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- I thought the video package for this match was really, really good. Mm, definitely. Um, really highlighted how good Punk was, how good Heyman was. Oh, yeah. I mean, still is, but how good he was with Punk. Mm. Um, it showed John Cena in a light way. It wasn't all about him, mm-hmm. which is when he shines. And to be fair, I've never been Ryback's biggest fan. I didn't rate him in the ring. I didn't rate his promo skill. You know, I've said before that his chant was more over than he was. Um, but in this match, he was built like a champion. Yeah, yeah. And I thought he did well. I thought he did well. He did. I think out of all of his kind of main event matches that he had, well... Not many of them, but the ones I can count on one hand. <laughs> but I think I think out of all of them, this one was his best performance in terms of kind of in ring work and how he handled it, and even yeah. his, and, and even his build to it, his promo work. I thought I thought this was when Ryback showed a bit of promise, and I thought okay, they could do something with him here. Yeah, it was certainly when he was but the strongest, most definitely, mm. especially when you look at it in uh, at WrestleMania 32 yeah. when he was in, uh, I think, a United States Championship match with Kalisto. And it was an absolute car wreck. Yeah. So, you know, there was good chemistry between the three of them. I think that was evident throughout the match. Mm-hmm. Um, and just Punk's facial expressions throughout the entire match were just were brilliant all the way through. Yeah. Because the main message of this match was Ryback is strong. Yeah. You know, you need to avoid Ryback. Mm-hmm. Get rid of Ryback and you'll be able to win the championship. And John Cena and CM Punk both kind of had that 
yeah. uh, mentality throughout the match. Definitely. Um, and well, I think when some they, lovely moments. I think, Say again, sorry. Sorry, yeah, I think well, obviously when they kind of, you're probably going to get to that, but when they double suplex him through the table, I think that oh, was beautiful. a good way of booking him, you know, because it shows yeah. that, you know, you've kind of these two teaming up to take him out, showed him as a threat. So that put Ryback over a bit. So I thought, yeah, as you said, it was all done very well. Yeah, it was. And um, like I say, he he looked strong. And as you said, it was the best way to book him, having him kind of out of the match for so long. Mm. Because similar to like Goldberg, he can go for so long, but then he's completely gassed. Yeah. So giving time to recover, come back as like that big impact. Um, there was a lovely moment where Ryback had CM Puck up for the shell shock and Cena attempts the worst STF I think I've ever seen. Um, it's ne- it's never been the most pain-inducing move I've seen. But no. on this occasion, there was just no talk at all on Ryback's neck. No. Just none at all. And Ryback is obviously selling it as though he's been hung. Yeah. But there's just there was no talk at all, which was a shame because... It was a really good move. It was a good piece of it was a good section of wrestling, but it just kind of it, that that ruined it for me slightly. Yeah. Has anybody um, ever actually tapped to that move since two thousand? Since this match, I mean, I know he didn't tap to it there, but has anybody? I can't remember the last time I saw someone tap to the SCFU. Um, I'd be surprised. Probably early on in John Cena's run, but yeah, right at the beginning. Certainly not in recent memory because it is a terrible move. <laughs> it is. Awesome. Um. It's it just it's mild it's a mild inconvenience, isn't it, as opposed to a signature? Yeah, I just find it annoying when he puts it in now. Yeah, like, oh, because going, you yeah. know, yeah, you know, you know, he's not going to tap with it. You know, it's going to be locked in. Yeah, it's going to be awkward for a couple of minutes, and then he's going to he's going to stop. But this on this occasion, it was broken up by the Macho Man elbow from Punk, which was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of times Ryback would look at the camera and shout, "I'm going to finish it," and it got to a point where it was like, "Come on, then, mate." I'll you do need to finish it now. Um, but Cena kicks out of a GTS because, of course he does, because John Cena wins lol. Um, and then Punk kicks out of an AA, so that kind of evens it up. Heyman is absolutely wonderful throughout this. Yeah, Absolutely brilliant, because all you can hear throughout the match is just him so emotionally invested in the match. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's he's a treasure, an absolute treasure. Definitely. He adds that you know that extra element to any match that he's involved with, you know, like he like he's been doing for Lesnar for so long, like he did for Punk during his reign. I think if if Punk didn't have Heyman during his title run reign, you know, arguably it, would, it wouldn't be as good. Um, you know, but yeah, it, Heyman is is brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously Ryback comes back in. Um, Ryback then shells Ryback, sorry, shell shocks Punk, uh, which Cena breaks up. Then Ryback does the same on Cena and is going for the pin when three men in polo jumpers break <laughs> it up. Who are those three men, Adam? Uh, it was the well, it was Seth Rollins, Ambrose, and Reigns from NXT yeah, at the time. Was. It was, and and what on earth were they wearing? Those black polos. I mean, thank God they ditched <laughs> that. <laughs> um, I was reading somewhere, and um, it said that apparently they wanted the Shield to debut with riot shields and batons. Oh my god! Thank God they. And it's do like, that. would <laughs> I doubt they'd have been over if they'd have debuted with massive SWAT shields? Yeah. Um, but it was it was brilliant. 
It really, really was. Uh, it was an excellent way to end the match because it was nobody anticipated it. Nobody mm. anticipated it at all. I think at the um, time, a lot of people were uh, kind of thinking it would Brock Lesnar may, may be involved. Yeah. Um, at the time, anyway. But, you know, this this was a total swerve, wasn't it? No, nobody saw this coming, which was brilliant. No. And, you know, the commentary team, you know, annoying as they were throughout the pay-per-view, I don't think it was the best commentary performance. Um, but they sold it really, really well, especially as um, Ryback was being powerbombed, shield powerbombed through the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Punk crawls over agonizingly to pin Cena to retain, uh, to then lose it to The Rock at the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. which was a shame, um, which put a dampener on it for me. But, you know, as an end to a pay-per-view, really good. Can't bolt it still. Yeah, yeah. Great way to get young talent over as well. Uh, yeah, you know, straight away, just just make a massive impact immediately on the main guys. Um I mean, it, I think kind of having them involved somewhat with a guy like Paul Heyman as well. I know they weren't directly linked, but I think, you know, somewhere down the line, it was kind of confirmed that he hired them, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I think that was also a smart move, but not having Heyman be their mouthpiece. I, I quite like that. So I, I think everything they did with them was very, very smart booking. Very good. And obviously it's clearly worked. You know, they're, they're leading the front now, aren't they? Absolutely. It shows what the WWE can do when they book talent correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially NXT call-ups. Definitely. Um, which seems to be a bit of an issue at the moment in the WWE. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, <laughs> out of five, Adam, what would you give it? Out of five? Out of five. You can use half stars, you cannot use quarters. Okay, I will go... Two and a half. I was going to say the exact same thing. Um, If it hadn't have been for the two main events, well, the two main events, the two final matches, this could quite easily have been a one-star event. Yeah, easily. Um, Because the undercard kind of, it showed how drastically the WWE was struggling for star talent. Definitely. Um, When you've got, you know, Primo, Epico... Lord Tenzai, Brodus Clay and the Funkadactyls, the primetime players, when they are taking up space on the card, you know that you're struggling for talent. Yeah. You know, and that wasn't the pre-show match, which it probably should have been. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, two and a half stars, I think, is fair. Um, the main event was a really, really good match, and obviously it's now gone down in WWE folklore because of the debut of The Shield. Um, it's a shame Ryback didn't capitalise on this, really. Mm. Um, as we've said, he had potential, but I think he was kind of more involved in his own ego, wasn't he? Yeah, he had some issues. And uh, I don't know if you listen to his podcast, but uh, he's uh, he's quite bitter towards the WWE. Oh, I read about it all the time. I know he's very opinionated on that. Yeah, yeah. My personal favourite line from. Uh, Ryback is uh, on his podcast a couple of weeks ago. He has um, a new host or a new co-host who is a porn star. Right. Uh, Phoenix Phoenix Marie, I think her name is, and she said that obviously I I don't want to uh, I don't want to date people that just know me because of my porn work. To which Ryback said, "Yeah, I feel exactly the same." I was like, "Hmm, okay, okay." Um, I don't, you know, I can't really date uh, female wrestling fans. And 
the woman says, oh, right, because, you know, because they've only seen you as a WWE. And he went, yeah, and because they're all mental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, Ryback. Oh, my no. God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a way to alienate the entire female wrestling population. Oh my god, he doesn't help himself, does he? He really doesn't. He's an, oh, no. he re- yeah. It's no surprise really that he didn't. Uh, yeah, he didn't really. Oh well. Anyway, mm. so I chose that pay per view, which again I apologise for. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was caught up in the Shield reunion and the fact that Survivor Series is just around the corner, and. Uh, I've chosen the wrong pay-per-view to review. But, Adam, I've chosen this one, so it is your turn to choose one. What do you fancy reviewing next week? I fancy... Let's go back a little bit. Uh, Okay. um, How about Armageddon 2000? Armageddon 2000. Now, am I right in thinking that is the steel cage main event with Rikishi falling into the truck? Yes, that's the big head in a cell one. Yeah. Oh, that is... Yeah, okay. (laughs) That was good. Attitude era pay-per-view. Brilliant. Only one way to follow this absolute travesty of a (laughs) (laughs) pay-per-view. Look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is all we've got time for on uh, Wrestling and More. Thank you so much, Adam. Um... Everyone else, thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at WAM Podcast UK. You can follow me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. You can like the Facebook page for more wrestling content, polls, debates. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to visit the website at www.wrestlingandmoreblog.weebly.com. Also, get your votes in for the Wrestling and More End of Year Wrestling Awards. Vote on all the categories you can find on Facebook and on the website. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans.